Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health and physical health, awareness in men and society. First it started with MAN, then it went to MEN, M-A-N, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. My name is Resha Irvine. I am a, a mental health counsellor uh, working in Dubai. Um, I uh, grew up in Canada and I studied there, but I've been in the Middle East for eight years practicing um, individual therapy and I also do couples therapy. It's great to be on here. All right. How, and how are you today? How are things in, in that beautiful place of Dubai? <laughs> things are pretty great um i'm always keeping a positive uh, outlook on things i know right now we live in very uncertain times and uh you just need to flip on the tv and 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 watch the news to just see how dark and gloomy the world has turned with a lot of updates and and uh, news about the coronavirus and and um and, the, and whatnot. But I feel like uh, the UAE government and Dubai specifically have taken really great steps into trying to keep everyone safe, uh, spreading the correct information and making the correct regulations um, for us to, to follow. And um, I, I wish and I hope that every country um, is able to follow through so we can curb the virus and, and be done with it sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, what's what's what are the major differences that you have found, and not in terms of the virus, but in terms of living or um, weather between your birthplace, Canada, and Dubai? Um, you're talking about like the differences of lifestyle. Yeah, mean? lifestyle, temperature, weather. Just for the listeners out there who mm-hmm. don't know about these two places. Right, right, yeah. So I grew up in Toronto, in the GTA area. Um, as everyone knows about Canada, it's mostly cold there. And uh, we have a very brief summer, um, maybe that runs somewhere from like May to early October. That's spring and summer combined and maybe fall. So um, most of the year is pretty cold and snowstorms. Um, I was really glad to leave because of the weather. That was the only issue that I wasn't able ever to assimilate to, even though I grew up there. Um, So uh, when I moved, I moved to Kuwait and that was a huge contrast. And it was like a really big multicultural um, shock for me um, as I haven't lived in the Middle East before. Um, But Kuwait is a very uh, different place than Dubai. Um, Dubai, I find, has a really good balance between, um, at least it reminds me of a balance between Kuwait and and Canada, whereas it's multicultural like Canada or Toronto, um, but it's definitely more developed and more freedom and more more things to do um, than, say, Kuwait. So I always find, it's interesting because I said to myself, had I moved to Dubai first and then I moved to Kuwait, I think I would have adjusted well. But because I've lived in Kuwait first and then I upgraded or moved yeah. to Dubai. No, no, uh, nothing wrong to say about Kuwait. Kuwait has its charm. Um, I always felt like uh, it was so much easier as a transition. 
Um, Dubai is very safe. It's very clean. Um, there's uh, a lot of respect towards each other here, uh, multicultural, like I said. Um, and I really enjoy the luxuries that we have here that we don't have in the West, to be honest. And it is a privilege to, to live in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's interesting because I've only, you know, like I say, I've said to you before that I've only, you know, I've traveled through I've travelled through Dubai, but not, I say travel through, you know, been in and out, but I've never actually spent mm-hmm. enough time there, um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a couple of hours, and, and I've been told, and I've seen pictures before of, of Dubai, and it's, and it's meant to be multicultural, and there's a good mix, an eclectic mix mm-hmm. of people there. Um, mm-hmm. So what what made you get into your field, and, and you know, how, you know, what do you, what do you see happening in, in, in the field of mental health and, and wellness and all these things? Um, well, to answer your first question, what got me into my field, um, I, I always knew I wanted to be in the helping field, but I think it was not until university when I, t- uh, when I took an elective, a psychology course that I realized that I'd want to be in the field of mental health. Um, and then I, uh, decided to pursue being, uh, a counselor, a mental health practitioner. Um, and what is going on uh, right now in the in in the region is very different from country to country. So, for an example, when I lived in Kuwait, until now, there are no mental health regulations. Um, there is no uh, no law for mental health. There is no Children Protection Act. Um, um, so they're really lagging behind when it comes to. Uh, this specific uh, topic. Um, I worked in a private clinic there that also was partly NGO. So I was allowed to see clients uh, from low income, which was uh, a privilege and, and a benefit because, you know, uh, working private is, is can be expensive um, yeah. for the clients to pay sessions, I mean. So I was able to do a sliding scale. But um, in Kuwait, mental health uh, uh, practices or, or providers are a lot less than in Dubai. Dubai, I feel, and maybe um, several of my colleagues would back me up on this, um, has recently become saturated with services, with mental health services. But I'm only talking about Dubai as an emirate. I'm not talking about the rest of the emirates. Yeah. In fact, the rest of the emirates are... are um, are unserviced or uh, very poorly serviced um, and we see maybe a few clinics in Al Ain, um, some in Abu Dhabi but as far as I know like when I'm referring clients I don't have any psychologists to refer them to in Sharjah or Fujairah or Ras Al Khaimah so Dubai is not a depiction of the entire country when it comes to mental health or anything else for that matter yeah. Um, so I think sometimes people confuse the UAE with just Dubai, the image that they see yeah. um, in the media, but it's it's certainly not like that. However, mental health in in Dubai is is a lot more developed. Uh, there is a sense of community. Um, regulations wise, they're working on regulations as far as I know, but there is no clear mental health act. There was in 2015, and it's been stalled. Um, but there's no clear specific mental health act. Uh, they're more uh, proactive when it comes to protecting the rights of children and women. Um, 
there is a lot more uh, effort to destigmatize seeking help. Um, I think also what helps Dubai is just a different culture. I mean, um, it's a lot more multicultural and a lot more nationalities, mix of nationalities than uh, the Kuwait population. The Kuwait population, uh, of course, you'll find expats, but you, the, the, mi- the minority who are the Kuwaitis are a lot more visible than in Dubai. So uh, I think in contrast, it's, it's different that the countries have different strengths and, and, and yeah. weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a lot of room for growth in the entire region yeah. for mental health. Yeah. So what do you what what do you see as men, What do you see as mental? Health? What is actually happening, or what what do you see is happening in, around the region or in, in in Dubai in terms of mental health? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there are a lot of um, services, centers, clinics that offer mental health services, special needs services, services for children. Um, it's primarily in Dubai. Um, it's developing quite rapidly, um, and that's admirable. Uh, there's also a lot of smaller practices like private private clinics private practitioners who have open shop um, and and are seeing clients as well um, I'm on a sub on on several whatsapp groups so I get up-to-date information uh, in the field of developments uh, when it comes to regulations or like seeing new clinics or things like that so I think they're on the right path um, I think we just need to be patient as we catch up uh, with the rest of the world and the wonderful thing about Dubai is is um, the government is, is so uh, innovative and encourages innovation and encourages um, top of the line practices. So I think it's just a matter of time before, well, you know, we cut through all of the bureaucracy and are able to establish ourselves as uh, prime providers for mental health services in the region. Yeah. So, in terms of what you do, what do you, what is your role then to do to in in, in regards yeah. to mental health? Yeah, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a counselor, a psychotherapist, a therapist, whatever you want to call it. Um, I uh, uh, primarily focus, provide services to individuals, so um, adults. I don't personally see children, although I used to. I also specialize in marital counseling or couples therapy, which is one of my passions. Um, I work in a clinic here in Dubai, and I've worked in several other clinics before this one. I've worked at a university as well. So I've had a vast experience working in, in Dubai in different, um, uh, among different providers, I mean. But I, I tend to focus just on individuals and um, on couples. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of, have you seen a, um, a rise since you've been doing it? Have you seen a rise in um, the amount of people coming to you or people having um, things to do with mental health um, mm-hmm. problems? Mm-hmm. Are, you ta- are you talking about um, concerning like the recent coronavirus outbreak? Is no, that what just, you, no, just what before, you even before, even before this has happened, um, are you, are oh, you okay. notice a rise in people, the amount of people coming to you for various um, um, issues or problems surrounding mental health, physical health and things like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Uh, or since I started here a couple of years ago, I can also remember that um, there was a lot more stigma among people a couple of years ago, and that's improving over time. Um, so I did see a rise among how much how many people seek help uh, and seek uh, psychology services or psychiatry services in mental health in Dubai, and and I think that. Um, it owes its uh, success to uh, what, what Dubai is trying to do uh, and establish itself in the region um, in destigmatizing mental health, raising awareness, educational programs, conferences. I have attended tons of conferences here uh, over the last few years that are mental health focused. So I think with time, um, the need is definitely there. The demand is there. Um, and, and the more services are out there, the more that you're having exposure to mental health information. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just a, an upward um, upward path. Yeah. And, I, and you spoke a couple of times about stigma. Do you, do you think that um, because we're trying, you know, the, the, the drive towards wellness and, and mental health, um, do you think that's mm-hmm. the reason why we're getting a rise of people coming forward? Or do you think... Do you think there's more things affecting people in society than ever before? Um, right, right. Um, I think that's a really good question. Um, stigma, I believe, is one of the main um, issues that may affect people to not seek uh, mental health services. Um, there was a study, that psychological study that I participated in years ago when I was just starting in Kuwait. Um, and it was about uh, perspectives of mental health in Kuwait. And we studied um, um, the Kuwaiti population, uh, interviewed um, Kuwaitis about their views on mental health. And uh, it turned out that stigma was one of the barriers to seeking help. And also the culture um, there is a bit different, like I said, than the culture here. Um, so there it's a lot more collectivist, a lot more closed culture. Um, than in Dubai, for an example. So stigma is definitely something that we, um, uh, as a region, as a country, as a world, need to battle. Uh, and we just really need to normalize the process of, of seeking mental health help because it is exactly the same thing as going to a GP or uh, a specialist when you have a physical ailment or a, a physical pain that you need to address. Yeah. Um, I hope that's where it gets one day in the world. Yeah, and and I was going to ask you, what do you, what do you see as the main, not the main things, but because obviously it's going to it's going to be different, maybe different from village to village or country to country. What do you see mm-hmm. as the main um, focus area on, or the, the main thing that people are coming to you for? So let's just say in one area, in one country, it could be unemployment. So more people are going through mm-hmm. unemployment so they may come to you come to this person for reasons to do with depression or whatever what do you what do I you see, see are the main focus areas that um, people are coming forward with i see um if we're talking globally um i remember reading or, or the just world. in your region as well yeah, the region. I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah. Globally, there's there's an increase in um, depression rates. There's an increase in anxiety rates. 
um, and in the region as well, in the Middle East, specifically in UAE, I've seen that the primary presenting factors are depression and anxiety as well. Um, and a common denominator among those uh, is self-esteem issues, um, family uh, uh, stress, uh, relationship stress. So that's what I mostly see yeah. um, right here in the region, in Dubai, and also my experience in Kuwait was similar. Yeah, yeah, because you, yeah, yeah, because you, fo- you, you've said it as well, because you, you focused on you, your one of your kind of passions is, um, like you said, is relationships. Um, how are you finding, how are you finding that situation in regards to? Um, the UAE and, and worldwide in terms of relationships, you know, are the breaking down is what's actually happening? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the field of couples therapy is still even newer than the field of individual therapy. Um, and uh, I think people that seek individual therapy are a lot more than than couples that see therapy together. Yeah. Um, and I wish it was the other way around, uh, or not even the other way around. I wish it was equal because what ends up happening uh, from my own individual experience is we end up getting uh, couples, uh, whether they're married or not, but coming in really late in the game, really late in sense of they've been t- arguing and in. Um, uh, and discord for years uh, before they seek help. So for many, it's like a last resort rather than a preventative method uh, or preventative technique to help them sort out their issues early on when they first arise. And that just makes uh, that makes our role more difficult as therapists mm-hmm. to help a couple that's been struggling for 10 years versus mm-hmm. to help a couple that's been struggling for one year, for an example. And it also makes therapy a longer process. It also makes therapy a more difficult process um, for couples because not only do they need to be there longer, but they need to work harder um, uh, at fixing some of those behaviors or uh, changing some of those attitudes they have about each other that have developed over the years. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because you know, and the reason why I was asking, you know, kind of, kind of interested in those questions is because I've noticed, you know, like you've said, you've actually said it as well that um, as I'm doing these podcasts and doing these episodes, is that um, it's definitely apparent that there's more and more. Um, more and more mental health issues around you know happening around the world so we know things like social media and you know the people mm-hmm. looking for a perfect marriage people looking for the perfect world or, or whatever it may be um what you know what would you what what would you recommend to people you know living into in in the modern day to try and keep up you know some you know positive a positive way so like if you were speaking to um a couple's um, what, what what would you say to them? What would what would be your overall kind of? Um, I know it, I know it varies from person to person, but what would you what would mm-hmm. you say to people who are, who may be going through mental health issues and things like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I think uh, first I would say don't wait until it gets very bad. You don't need to struggle alone. 
there's so many resources out there. There are so many services out there, many of them online, different prices, different costs. So I don't think um, there needs to be a barrier uh, mm -hmm. for seeking support and for seeking mm -hmm. help. So it's the same mm -hmm. thing. Like if I've been struggling with uh, a cold, um, mm -hmm. I, I'll try to, you know, st stay at home get some rest, do some natural remedies, maybe take Panadol, Tylenol, whatever. But if it doesn't get better in a week's time, you know, maybe something more severe, um, maybe I have an, a lung infection or bronchitis or, uh, you know, something worse. So I need to go to the doctor. So it's the same thing. Like, I, why should you wait until uh, you're really unhappy, you're miserable, and your physical health is affected because of your mental health stress? until you seek help. So I would say that first, don't wait. Um, you know, when you're beginning to struggle and you're not knowing how to resolve it, either individually or as a couple, then then seek support. At least seek a consultation and see if it's something that you need to continue with, like if therapy is something you need to continue with, or, or maybe just a couple of sessions are gonna help give you some uh, information that's useful, some techniques, and then you can carry on doing the work yourself. Yeah. So I would I would say that first, um, and I think it's really important that we are able to um, get some perspective in this very fast-paced world that yeah. we're in. And like you said, everything uh, is we're overwhelmed by messages on social media and and uh, TV channels and and all of that, and and it's really hard to. Uh, to, to know how to be happy and, and how to be satisfied and how to have good relationships among all of these compiling pressures and um, and uh, resources and tell, telling you uh, how you should act and how you should look like and how you should be to be happy. There's a lot of pressures out there. So keeping a perspective um, in knowing yourself and, and increasing your self-awareness and reflection and, and self-knowledge so you're not too affected by the outside messages. I think we also need to educate our kids about how they filter the messages they get from the media. Yeah. And knowing that a lot of what's coming in is either, not fake, but it's definitely exaggerated. Like pictures are, 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 are uh, edited to look a certain way, things like that. So we need to be critical thinkers. We need to focus on ourselves. Um, I mean, part of the part of the therapeutic um, treatment plan that I have with 90% uh, of my clients does include a lot of uh, self-care. Um, and what I notice is that most of my clients, because of their situation or the stress in their lives, the problems they're presenting with, the mental health issues they're coming in with, um, their self-care has really uh, reduced and, and, and it's affecting them in a negative way. So when I, when I talk about self-care, uh, I don't mean just the basic self-care, which yeah, is, you know, yeah. you're sleeping, you're eating yeah. properly, healthy, or getting some exercise. I talk about other uh, types of self-care. So these, these types are great, but these are basic self-care. So we go beyond... Um, talking about, you know, thinking about what makes you happy. Are you engaged socially with people? Do you have hobbies? Um, if you had hobbies, why are why have you stopped practicing them? Um, you know, what is it that you do that gives you a sense of 
uh, joy. Uh, when was the last time that you did something and you enjoyed it so much that you lost the sense of time? Like the experience of flow has uh, been known to increase levels of happiness among people. So I think in today's busy world, um, people find it really hard to, um, to, to think about what's important and remember their values and remember their priorities. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, that's 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 um, yeah, and 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 you're right. You know, all those things are very important for people's mm-hmm. um, health and and well-being. What is it? What is it that drives? What is it that drives your passion? And and you know, um, you know, you said you've always wanted to work in the helping field. What is it that drives you? And what what and and is it something? And it's obviously something that's making you happy to 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 try and help others. Of course, yeah. Um, it maybe it's cliche to say, but um, to be honest, I've always wanted to help people, and I've only um, realized in which path I want to help people. Like I said, around university age. Um, but I feel like this is not just uh, a job or a career for me. This is my calling. I, I get so much joy from and just helping people realize um, better understandings of their lives, get new insight, um, make improvements in their life, um, have better mental health. And I get so much happiness when I see my clients doing well. And and even when they're not doing well, I'm able to hold space for them and, and able to kind of walk alongside them um, and support them in that process. I think over, um, over years and years, as a world we have become more and more individualistic and more disconnected from each other definitely um yeah like uh, you know if you can imagine uh, at the beginning of times uh, we're more tribal collectivist relying on the family and as as industrialization hit and and um uh, you know the rest of the world moved along even arabic countries that are known to be collectivist many of them have individualistic lifestyles um at least from my observation so we've really become separated from each other and i think uh that is one source of our sorrow we're we're disconnected we're a lonely planet and um it really hurts our mental health it hurts our self-esteem and makes us more prone to get sick i mean there's a uh you're you're probably familiar with that there's um uh, a 25-year-old psychology study that talks about um, what is the uh, what are the factors that make people happy. Yeah. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Harvard study, or I, I could uh, remember to send it to you. Yeah. Um, but the result of that study is they followed a couple of uh, they they followed several. American youth um, from the Boston district and then uh, Harvard students and they followed them through their lifespans and the result of the findings was that the protective factor that made them happy was strong meaningful relationships and it wasn't money it wasn't success it was the common denominator among everyone regardless of their social status or their socioeconomic background and I think um nothing makes us more true right now than the outbreak of the coronavirus that has made us stay home 
social distancing uh, that has made us, you know, uh, disconnect uh, involuntarily or voluntarily from uh, from our friends and social lives. But it's definitely um, shed the light on uh, social disconnect um, and the need for reconnection um, and the need for um, knowing that you're part of a community and reaching out to that community and, and really kind of remembering what matters at the end. Yeah, yeah, and that, and you and that yeah. was, what you said was perfectly right, and 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 you know, I kind of smiled to myself when you were speaking there because I thought, you know, because that, that's so true, because exactly what I've mm. been, exactly what I've been saying that we've become the, the world has got fast. Because you mentioned that in you know uh, maybe a couple of minutes ago, um, the world has become so fast paced. Um, and a lot of that, I'm going to put put the blame on consumerization. Um, as mm-hmm. we as we produce more stuff, we we try to get more stuff, and we try to get more things. And as as the world gets more fast paced, we can't keep up, and then we lose. And then in our jobs, we become faster, but then we can't keep up, and we lose disconnection from our families. And 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 I can see the whole thing starts to break down. So as we can become more individualistic, we get more greedy. And then what happens is yeah. we don't connect back with our we don't, we're not we, family units gets broken down, which is what we're seeing now. Mm. Marriages mm-hmm. gets they get thrown apart. Um, mm. And who suffers? We do, as well as our our children and and other children. So and it's happening worldwide. And like you said before That's that, true. before that there was a connection there. Families were together. People were together. There was a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the outbreak of the coronavirus now has mm-hmm. led. You can see it. You can. It's right in front of our eyes that no, there isn't. Um, in, obviously, in certain areas it would be, but in certain areas you can see globally that there's people mass um, panicking, buying, fighting, fighting over this, blah blah, fighting over mm-hmm. toilet roll or whatever it is. So, in, it, like you said, it's about bringing people to, together, um, and, and we're all connected. You know, I've had this on a podcast before where we we are human beings and we're all we're all connected. I don't mean I'm connected to you. I mean as a, as 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 a electrical field, we're all connected, um, and yeah. so we need to all That's kind true. of look and come together to try and work out. You know, even this. You know, why we why didn't we see this coming? Why didn't we see this virus coming? What's what's happening? Why are we being disconnected? Mm-hmm. So it's very important, and like mm-hmm. I said, it's affecting people's mental health um, very badly. So, um, you know, one more thing before before you know we wrap this up, um, you know, just to, what would what would you say? Um, and we spoke about this before. You, the differences in terms of the way men, uh, and I'm sh- I'm sure you'd have noticed it. The difference between the way men see mental health or react to mental health or their mental health than women mm-hmm. yeah um well from observation most of my clients are women yeah <laughs> um but i think in a broader perspective universal perspective no matter which culture you come from um i believe it's common knowledge that men are socialized in a different way than women are um, women are socialized to, uh, and, and, and encouraged and by nature as well yeah, uh, are more emotional, are more expressive, are more in touch with their feelings, 
and and men um, are the opposite. Uh, they're they're not encouraged to express their feelings. They're um, encouraged to be tough and and to be strong and lots of negative messages about sharing feelings for men more than women. Um, and of course, there are extremes. Different cultures have different extremes, and I think that's really hurting men's health. Um, uh, uh, really um, not just hurting them but but it's it's really harming uh, a whole load of generation uh, our kids uh, if we don't send them the right messages we really need to change that narrative it is normal it's healthy to have feelings and to express those feelings and not to camouflage them with more societally accepted feelings like anger from men is the most expressed emotion so if I get a client um, who, uh, you know, and this is very classic, I get a male client, he comes in and I'm like, you know, what is going on? And, you know, I'll try to find out more about him. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm here, I'm here for anger management. <laughs> so I said, uh, anger management, okay, tell me more. And then I start finding out the rest of the story. And, and the, the guy is, okay, on the surface may have a temper, but definitely there's a lot more buried down there that is being uh, portrayed to the outside world and to himself and to his wife and, and to the, his colleagues as uh, he's got a temper or short-tempered. There's a lot of pain there. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of fear. Uh, there's a lot of rejection that's uh, way below the, the anger on the surface. But, you know, the client or the male client has learned over years to display it via irritation, frustration, and, and anger because that's maybe what's socially acceptable. Yeah. Um, whereas women, um, you know, well, my woman clients, um, uh, not so much anger. I haven't, I haven't seen that trend at all. But what I end up seeing a lot more uh, for women are uh, uh, depressive symptoms and and feeling neglected and, and and that type of thing. I don't think there's a. I don't know if there is a gender difference when it comes to depression and anxiety, but my gut tells me that there's probably more anxiety among women than men um and i think uh women naturally tend to be um overthinkers and because they're more in touch with their emotions they acknowledge their emotions more um and therefore they're they're more self-reflective when it comes to emotions i'm not saying men are not i'm only talking about the general yeah. there are of course outliers and, and differences yeah. uh, and it can be the other way around in fact yeah. um but yeah they're there are definitely gender differences, some physiological, um, some uh, society-based, some culture-based, depending on where, where you come from. All in all, the overall message is that mental health is as important as physical health. It shouldn't be neglected. It's not wrong to seek help. It's healthy. It's courageous. It's empowering um, to seek support. And uh, we out to say this message loud and clear yeah. in every way we can. And if we are able to grow as a world from this coronavirus outbreak, and I hope that we can find some changed perspective, um, a better way of living uh, post coronavirus. And I hope that also that means we're not going to ignore our, our uh, 
self-care. We're not going to ignore our mental health like we did before. We're not going to camouflage it with um, with uh, diff- specific lifestyles of being overworked or being busy or, like you said, in the industrial world. And um, we're not going to ignore the symptoms that we see among each other. We're going to reach out and know at the end that Initially, we were a community, and, and now we're seeing more connections made among the community in the middle of this outbreak. So it's it's beautiful to see, to see that positive perspective. It's yeah. helping us reevaluate, review our priorities, our values, get in touch with our goals. Am I living the, the way that I want to be living and spend more time with our loved ones? And it's a, so it's an opportunity to slow down and, and to grow um, as a person, I yeah, believe. Definitely. And you know, the reason why the reason why I laughed is because when you said the men come in, you went, "I when I tried to find out something for them," and I thought, "Gosh, look that! How appropriate is that?" <laughs> but, but yeah, so I'd like to say yeah. thank you for, for you know for coming on, and, and you know this has been it's been brilliant talking to you because I mean you you you've definitely saying the things that, um you you've said the things that you know I've been saying for you know, gosh, how many years now and um, yeah. And I can see it coming to the fore now. So, um, you know, where can you be found? So currently I work in Dubai. I uh, work at a clinic um, and um, I have an Instagram page, Russia Erheim, um, on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook by my first name and last name. I have a website as well um, with my name. So anyone who's interested can email me or get in touch via this way. And I'll be more than happy to to see you and see how i can help you that's fantastic and um like i say it's been it's been a pleasure having you on and you know at some point thank you very much it'd be nice to have you on again to you know speak about maybe maybe you know something to do with the the virus or you know you know anything any sort of stories that you can give funny stories or anything like that it's a bit interesting to have you back on again thank you for that and that thank you that was men are nuts speak to you soon Bye-bye.